Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. This is Jamie Rosenberg, Assistant Editor for the American Journal of Managed Care, and during this podcast, we'll explore the findings from a report on cancer mortality in the United States and speak with an expert from the American Cancer Society to gain some more insight. Every year, the American Cancer Society estimates the number of new cancer cases and deaths in the United States. The most recent report found that in 2016, 22% of all deaths in the United States were from cancer, making it the second leading cause of death after heart disease in both men and women. It is also the leading cause of death in many states, as well as in Hispanics and Asian Americans and people under age 80. Between 1991 and 2016, the overall cancer mortality rate dropped by 27%, translating to approximately 2.6 million fewer cancer deaths. Cancer survival has actually been improving since the 1970s for all of the most common cancers, except for cancers of the uterine cervix and uterine corpus, and we'll discuss why later in the podcast. Other findings in the report include cancer incidence and mortality by cancer type, reasons behind these increases and decreases in incidence and mortality, and different racial and social disparities. To digest these findings, we spoke with the lead author of the study. And later in the podcast, we'll discuss estimated cancer incidence and mortality for 2019. Today with me, I have Rebecca Siegel, who is the Scientific Director of Surveillance Research for the American Cancer Society. Thanks for joining me today, Rebecca. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. So we'll start with the good news. One of the main findings of the report was that there was a 27% drop in overall cancer mortality in the United States, which marks the 25th consecutive year that cancer mortality rates have dropped. So which cancers saw the largest drops? The largest drops in mortality during the most recent decade were for lung cancer in men. There was a 3.5% per year drop in lung cancer death rates in men. And in women, the largest drop was for melanoma, a 2.6% per year drop. Were there any cancers in which mortality rates actually increased? Yes. Death rates are increasing for liver cancer in both men and women by about 2% per year, as well as for uterine corpus cancer in women by about 2% per year, and slightly in men for pancreatic cancer by about 0.3% per year. So what factors were behind the overall drop in mortality rates? I'm sure lifestyle factors such as less smoking play a role and also improved diagnostics and treatment like immunotherapy and targeted therapies? Exactly. It's largely driven by the declines in smoking, but also um, reflects improvements in treatment as well as earlier detection for some cancers like colorectal cancer, breast cancer, and cervical cancer for which we have screening. Right. And I'm sure screening also plays a large role, like you mentioned, because if cancers are caught earlier, they're more likely to be treated successfully. And recently, the American Cancer Society recommended the screening age to be lower to age 45 for colorectal cancer, which was actually the topic of last week's podcast. So do you think as incidence changes and in turn screening recommendations change, that this will continue to have an impact on cancer mortality? 
Hopefully, yeah. Right now, colorectal cancer incidence and mortality rates are increasing in people younger than 55 for reasons that we don't understand. So, hopefully, lowering the screening age to begin screening at 45 instead of 50 will ultimately result in um, declining mortality rates or at least flattening while the incidence is still increasing. And you mentioned some cancers that mortality rates have increased. So what were some of the factors behind that um, in liver cancer, pancreatic cancer? Right. Some of it is probably due to the obesity epidemic. About 30% of liver cancers are attributed to obesity, and it's about 60% for uterine corpus cancers. So we're probably only seeing the tip of the iceberg right now in terms of the influence of the obesity epidemic on cancer rates. And looking at both gender and age groups, were there any big differences that stood out? There are quite a few differences uh, by sex and age. One of the largest that people might notice is that uh, there have been, because of the 25-year decline in the cancer death rate, there have been about 2.6 million fewer cancer deaths during that time than would have been expected if death rates had remained at their peak. And um, one thing about this number is that the, it's much larger for men than for women. More deaths have been averted in men, about 1.8 million in men, compared to 825,000 in women. And that's because the death rate peaked higher in men and it also dropped more rapidly. And this largely reflects differences in smoking patterns. Right. And so there was also some not so good news in the report. While you guys observed that racial disparities in cancer mortality are slowly narrowing, you did observe that socioeconomic inequalities are widening. So can you give some more detail on how these inequalities are widening? Are there specific cancers that have the biggest disparities? Sure. So specifically, uh, in the 1970s, cancer death rates in the poorest counties were the same as those in the most affluent counties. So no, no socioeconomic disparity in the 1970s. But today, death rates are 20% higher in the poorest counties. And this gap is the most striking for cancers that are preventable. So for example, colorectal cancer death rates were 20% lower uh, in people in the poorest counties in the 1970s, but today they're 30% higher. And the gap for cervical cancer is even larger. Um, women in poor counties have double the death rates for cervical cancer compared to women in more affluent counties. And the reason that, that this is happening is because differences in wealth lead to inequalities in both exposure to cancer risk factors and access to high quality uh, early detection and treatment. So poor people, for example, are twice as likely to smoke and to be obese, both of which increase cancer risk. And this is um, partly because of less access to affordable healthy foods, as well as safe places to be physically active but it's, it's very complex. So you have that aspect with the risk factors. And then poor people are also uh, experience numerous obstacles to healthcare. They have uh, 
lower insurance rates, and as a result, their screening rates are much lower, and they're less likely to uh, receive optimal treatment. So, um, for example, that's a large factor for cervical cancer, as I mentioned earlier, because that disparity is so large. And the good news is there's an opportunity here because increasing access to care weakens that link between socioeconomic status and health. And that's been demonstrated by some states. Um, for example, Delaware completely eliminated their racial disparity in colorectal cancer mortality through uh, increasing access to screening and high quality treatment. Right, so as you mentioned, a big part of this is a lot of social determinants, and we hear a lot more of this, lifestyle factors, access to care. So are there any efforts not being taken right now that you think could help with this to try and narrow these inequalities? I think there are, there are a lot of, there's a lot of possibility because, again, we're seeing right now that racial disparities in cancer mortality are narrowing but the socioeconomic disparities are widening. And there's a lot we know now about how to prevent cancer and to detect it early and to treat it, but that information is not being disseminated broadly to all segments of the population. So targeted screening programs, for example, or as I mentioned, um, the program in Delaware where they uh, increased access to screening for low-income populations. All of these things are, all of these uh, interventions are opportunities to actually accelerate the progress against cancer by bringing these poor people into the fold to also experience um, the progress that others are. Right, and did you find that geographic location also plays a role in inequalities? For example, there a lot less oncologists in rural areas compared with urban and metropolitan areas, things like that? That's very true. We did not look at that in this study, but I will say that a lot of the poorest counties are rural. So uh, definitely that would be an issue in terms of access to care is the um, mileage between facilities where uh, people could go to be screened and treated. Right. So I think that's all the questions I have for you today. Is there anything else you think is important from the report? Any facts or findings that we didn't talk about? Um, I mean, it's there's a lot in the report that's, that's really interesting. I think you hit the highlight. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you for covering the story. The Cancer Report also estimated incidence and mortality rates for 2019, projecting that there will be an estimated 1.8 million new cancer cases, corresponding to more than 4,800 new cases each day. Prostate, lung, and colorectal cancers will account for 42% of all cases in men, with prostate cancer alone accounting for nearly 20%. Among women, breast, lung, and colorectal cancers will represent about half of all new cases, with breast cancer alone accounting for 30%. Among children between age 1 and 14, cancer is the second most common cause of death, falling only behind accidents. In 2019, an estimated 11,000 children will be diagnosed with cancer, 
and more than 1,000 will succumb to the disease. While leukemia will account for 28% of cases, brain and other nervous system tumors will be the second most common. To learn more about cancer incidence and mortality, visit AJMC.com. You can get in touch with us by emailing info at AJMC.com or following us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And finally, if you like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Thanks for tuning in.